informative podcast all about training working dogs look no further than the lwdg pod dog this weekly show is hosted by me joanne perrott founder of the ladies working dog group and i chat to experienced trainers and experts in the field who will give you helpful tips and advice whether you're just getting started or you've been working dogs for years this podcast will have something for you so pull up a chair pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to lwdg pod dog and let us help you build a better bond with your best friend. Hello and welcome to another episode of LWDG Dog. This week I am joined by the amazing Claire Denia, one of our amazing LWDG group experts, and we're going to be talking about working with reluctant retrievers. How are you, Claire? I'm very good, Joe. thank you. Now, within our group, Claire, you are seen as the goddess of reluctant retriever <laughs> um, training the person the go-to if it's all going wrong with a reluctant retriever i think pretty much everyone in the group says speak to claire denia so what is it about reluctant retrievers that has made you sort of hone part of your expertise on it so it is something i am super passionate about because one it's so fulfilling to work with a dog who isn't the most natural retriever and develop that skill and see how that transforms that dog's life in terms of it starts to love retrieving. It has a really fun um, hobby that it does with its owner. Um, And also for people that want to work their dogs when they've got retrieving struggles, you know, it it can be so too commonly heard you know, oh, this dog hasn't got it, move it on, get another dog. When actually a lot of the time those dogs just need to be shown that retrieving is great, that it's fun and that it's rewarding. So for me, it's such a fulfilling role to play in turning around a dog who isn't the most natural retriever and creating an amazing gun dog. And when we first started chatting many moons ago about reluctant retrievers, I sort of, again, in my naivety, thought, "Mm, I haven't got a reluctant retriever problem because mine go flying out and they love to retrieve. But Ella is totally pants at delivering. And we chat about it. And reluctant retrievers can be that as well, can't they? It's not a case of they they don't have an issue going out. They just have an issue coming back. Absolutely. I mean, some of the most common traits of reluctant, it's what I I deem a reluctant retriever. And it just means it's just not a natural pattern from beginning to end. So you might get dogs that unless there's a lot of prey drive involved, they're not bothered about going out. They might be easily distracted by something else. They might enjoy the chase and get there and then go, "Mm, maybe, maybe not. They might want to hold on to it and play keep away. They might want to showboat with it. <laughs> I've even had uh, the occasional spaniel who has picked up the retrieve and ran to the corner of the field and tried to bury it. Uh, you name it, we see it. Um, so, yeah, reluctant retriever isn't just a dog that doesn't want to pick something up. It it manifests itself in thousands of different ways, but it all comes down to the same thing for me. It's a dog that hasn't got the pattern of the retrieve developed they don't run out pick return and deliver that's it 
So for me with Ella, I think it's definitely without doubt the showboating. She's like, look, look where I go, but I'm not going to get yeah. any close enough. I'm, I'm three foot away. You can't have it. You can look at it. Um, darling, love her. But but what do you think it is? You know, we say we're a natural pattern. Yeah. Go out, get it, bring it back. It's been genetically bred into these dogs. But... If you think about it, it may not be a natural pattern to share what we've just picked up. Absolutely that. <laughs> and that's where a lot of this comes into play. So if you think about different breeds, so a collie, for instance, um, might want to retrieve, but they're only retrieving because they want you to throw it again. So they will tend to stalk it. Uh, I had a, a collie doing gun dog training with me and it would run out on the retrieve, then stalk the dummy slow right down, pounce, return it really quickly and throw it ready to go again. So the whole idea for this collie was to stalk it, grab it, bring it back, chuck it, and then let's go again. A spaniel will often develop a love of retrieving because they like to find it. It's the hunting instinct, they want to find it. But then, as you said, we have to teach them to share. Um, <laughs> And also, if you think about guarding breeds, they might retrieve something, but they want to might want to hold on to it and play tuggy with you. So there are different motivations behind the different breeds. But yes, technically, gun dog breeds are bred supposedly to want to pick and retrieve and pick and retrieve. But actually, being quite honest with you, seeing a lot of different gun dog breeds across the section. And I can honestly say probably, I don't know, 40% of the dogs with, that I work with, there's some part of the jigsaw puzzle, the pattern of the retrieve that's missing. Some part of it that's missing. And it's quite fascinating, like you sort of mentioned that, because if I refer back to a podcast we did a few weeks ago with Sharon Pinkerton about HPRs, and she was talking about they hunt, they point, they retrieve, and they'll normally be one of those things that are quite weak and need to be worked on it go it's the same thing isn't it it's that yeah. it's that instinct i sort of know what i meant to be doing and all these things ma'am but i sort of don't actually know the whole picture because i'm still waiting for you to train me yet yeah and, and the problem is we can create problems so easily um you see it more and i will be honest about this you see it more with um young gun dogs that live in the house um where they are put off of retrieving because of things that happen in the home. They get told off for picking things up instead of encouraged to bring it in. So we can actually create some of these problems. So it's not always just what's genetic and instinctual. Sometimes we as the human create these problems because of the way we interact with the dog when something's in their mouth. And if I think about, like, I've been lucky enough to see quite a few um litters be born because dad liked to to breed them and then pick what he would deem to be his next amazing dog he loved them all to death but when you see them and like six weeks old and you're playing with them in the grass and you throw it like a little tennis ball and they'll go instinctively go get it and toddle back with it a it's just fascinating to see that they just instantly know that but i can see what you mean for those dogs, the dogs who are like that, we must, in some ways, change their behaviour because their natural behaviour at a tiny, tiny age was just to go get it and bring it back. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. When, when my youngest Labrador Rose was a puppy, I spent so, spent so much time sitting on the floor, encouraging her to bring something in and climb up me with it. And, and I wouldn't take that item straight away. I'd praise her for holding that item. So she's never had a problem. She brings me everything. Like, <laughs> it doesn't always work in my favour, but I don't want to tell her off for picking things up and bringing them to me because that's the behaviour I want. I want her to bring me birds at the end of the day. So I need to make sure the dog is really comfortable with bringing me stuff. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, you've got to be grateful. <laughs> and that, I suppose, we like you said, in the home, if they've just picked up, you know, our husband's favourite trainer, we've talked about this before, yeah. it's quite easy. Or oh, it's quite easy for a family member to say, oh, get off it and make a big fuss of it because it was yeah. something that's dear to them. Yeah. Whereas you teach across the board if it's in the mouth it's a retrieve absolutely for me um when i'm when i'm training gun dogs and when i'm talking to clients and training my own dogs as well if something is in the mouth it's either a retrieve or if i've taught a drop it's a drop okay so i'm not going to get flustered i'm not going to chase the dog that just creates a whole mass of problems you know the amount of times i have people come to me and their dogs play keep away and then we start chatting I said, okay, tell me about what happens in the home. And 99.9% .9 of the time, they'll say, well, it picks up things it shouldn't have. How does the dog know it shouldn't have it? Does it have written on it? You're a dog, don't touch me. No, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> so what tells the dog it shouldn't have it is the human's behavior toward them having it in the mouth, which is usually screaming, shouting, chasing the dog around the room, trying to get it um yanking it out of the mouth so what that teaches the dog is aha uh -huh, you value this i need to keep this and you create this massive problem of keep away um and so easily avoided now it's quite natural as humans if your dog picks up something that they really shouldn't have it's it's natural to have this like oh my god the dog's got this but you just got to take a deep breath and be prepared say come on then you clever dog come on in and Rose is just running because I said you clever dog. <laughs> and, um, you know, the dog needs to think, okay, so this is good. You share. We're teach Retrieving is sharing. Retrieving is teaching the dog to share. And the thing is, one of the reasons that John and I teach all breeds to retrieve is to prevent issues like resource guarding. We can help you know, develop really good behaviours in dogs by teaching the dog it's okay to share. While we're chatting now, I always have light, light bulb moments talking to you and I just think, oh my God, you're quite right. They don't know what they're meant to pick up. No. So do they, like you said, either start playing keep away or do they go, oh, actually, I'm not picking up anything because I get around when I pick something up. So like, and then we go out into a field and say, now pick up everything, but, but don't pick up that, but pick up that. You yeah. must be like... It's so confusing for the dog, so confusing. So it, it is literally like, you can, with a, a you can, through training, you can teach the dog that certain things they shouldn't touch. You can teach a dog to leave certain things, absolutely. But when we're talking about teaching a puppy or a young novice dog to retrieve, you want to be really careful that you're not developing problems, that you're not 
you know, creating a dog that's saying, well, I shouldn't pick this up. You work with a really sensitive dog. You can put them off retrieving so easily by telling them off for picking up things that they shouldn't have or you deem they shouldn't have. Um, but then if you're working with, let's say, a dog who's not so not sensitive and is a bit bolder, you're then going to develop things. Like, well, I'll just hold on to this and keep hold of it and maybe I won't give it back to you. So depending on the dog that you're working with, how you respond to the dog picking things up can have a huge bearing on the behaviours that start to develop. I definitely think you're absolutely right. When they're in the home, it's a completely different um, outcome potentially than when they're in the canals. Because yeah. my two, the one was in the canals as a pup, the one was in the home as a pup. It just happened that way. And the one who was in the home, I wonder how many times owners don't even think of what we're doing because... The dog who's in the kennels will quite happily retrieve because he's like, he loves it when I do this. She's just all love. But he's never had a row for picking no. up because absolutely, it was good. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly it. And, you know, when you think about, you know, the dogs that live in the house, especially a house with children, the dogs get told off for picking up the children's toys, <laughs> things like that. Or the dog's stolen the socks again, make it a retreat. When Indy was young, she was a real sock thief, a massive sock thief. But I wanted her to be a retriever. So I taught her to pick up the socks, bring them to me and put them in the washing machine. I made a job out of it for her. So she never felt the urge to run off and eat them, swallow them. I mean, you know, you hear of all sorts. The dog just trying to keep it away from the owner. Instead of giving it to the owner, they'll swallow it. <laughs> you know, that's potentially life threatening for the dog. So, so we have to be very mindful. And then once we've sort of, created inadvertently because none of us do it on purpose but we've inadvertently no. created a problem and we've created a habit like you say of maybe a dog that won't give back or maybe a dog who won't pick up where do we go from there how how do we motivate a dog to get this sort of pattern we want of out and in and give it back to me please yeah so there are so many different ways of, of doing it and the few key things that I will always sort of work through and then put together a training plan with that dog well first of all we make sure we've got a recall <laughs> because if we haven't got a recall we're going to be a little bit stuffed when we're the dog's carrying something and we're expecting a recall with a retrieve as well so we need to make sure we've got a good recall um then I start telling people, if your dog picks something up in the house in the garden, you're going to pair that with a word like hold and praise the dog for picking something up. So it doesn't matter what, if you've left it out on the floor, tough luck, you know, <laughs> that's your bad. You should have put it away. Um, if we're going to fix this reluctant retriever, we need to have a bit of a change of mindset. So if you don't want it picked up, put it away. Simple as that. Don't put steadiness in too early either. When we're working with a reluctant retriever and a dog that's maybe not so keen, don't put your steadiness in too early. Make retrieving fun. Basically a game of fetch, you know. Um, don't over-retrieve. So I would always say to people, most dogs will have a cap. Most reluctant retrievers especially will have a cap on how many retrieves they will do before they switch off, get bored or start being, you know, cheeky running around playing keep away you might get one or two nice retrieves and then things start to slip so be mindful of that and keep within that bracket when you're training the dog and don't retrieve every day either um 
So there are a few things that I say. Um, also, you can get retrieving aids. So you can get um, retrieving rolls, lotus balls, uh, this prey dummies, things where you can. So they're all things where you can put treats in them or a tennis ball in them, something to encourage the dog to pick it up and give it to you. Um, so they're really good. You might actually need to take a break from training retrieve totally for a little while with a mild reluctant retriever I might recommend sort of a week off of training don't do any retrieves for a week give the dog a break and let's start fresh if, if I'm working with a really really difficult case a dog that has got real severe retrieving issues I might tell them to have a break for a longer and then we'll we'll start with some informal retrieves um, we'll very often need to um, restrict where the dog can go with the retrieve if they've been playing keep away. So using a retrieving run or alley or a corridor in the house or setting up a little retrieving run in the garden, things like that. With some dogs, we actually have to do something called guided learning, actually show the dog what the retrieve is. So simple as having a lead or a line on the dog and not in a forceful, you're not reeling the dog in way, but you're guiding the dog. So it's really useful if you've got a partner. So the person um, that the dog's retrieving to won't have the line, but the partner who's helping will hold the line or the lead. And once the dog has picked it up, they just gently guide them in while the person handling the dog is really encouraging them on the way in. So just a little bit of guided learning can be very, very beneficial. Um, and then with dogs that don't want to let go, I don't get into a trap of um, playing swapsies. Okay, I don't trade. Um, I just tend to make a fuss of the dog while they're holding it. And then I literally get them to sit so they can't lay down and chew it. They can't lay down and sort of get their paws on top of it. I just make them sit until they get a bit bored and then it drops. And then you say, good boy or good girl and praise the dog. So they're kind of my top tips that I would use with, with reluctant retrievers. When you talk about the amount of times we ask to retrieve, if you think about it, even people who have not got getting dogs but just people who go to the park you know those things that fly tennis balls it's like out and in and out and in and out yeah. and in it's like it's like our way of thinking we're gonna have the best fun in the world with my dog is yeah. to make you retrieve things over and over again um but what you're saying there is we can just get to the point where they're like go get the ball yourself yeah, we, you want to leave the dog wanting more. So I always stop when the dog has done a few really, really nice retrieves and they want a bit more. And I'll go, that'll do us for today. And then we'll just have a little play and then that will be it. So I know that the next time we come out to retrieve, the dog will be keen and they'll be wanting to do more because, well, we stopped early last time, didn't we? So, <laughs> so then the dog's like, quick, we need to enjoy this because she might stop again. And then I always want to leave the dog wanting a little bit more. If people get to a position where, you know, they've listened to this, they've listened to the Reluctant Retriever Masterclass, we've got a superb Reluctant Retriever Masterclass um, on our courses, they've listened to all those things and they're just like, I just need a little bit of more help. Where can they go to find you to, or what, what can they do to help move it forward? 
Yeah. So it, it can, if you're in a really sticky situation, if you've got a dog that maybe is really seriously playing keep away and, you know, you've tried some of the techniques that I've just mentioned, um, it's, a, it's a really good idea to work with a trainer to help you. Um, I've worked with a lot of clients with reluctant retrievers, not only face-to-face, but also over Zoom as well. Um, I get them to send me some video footage of, of what's happening so I can actually see what's happening because very often the handler's body language will have quite a bearing as well on what's happening. Maybe they're leaning in and grabbing the dummy too quickly, putting the hand out, snatching it. There can be a million things. So I will always want to see the retrieving happening so that I can see the dog's body language, but also the handler's dog body language as well. It's really important to see that. Um, so yeah, it's really good to work with somebody that's confident working with reluctant retrievers um, and wants to have a bit of fun. You've got to make it fun. You know, for me, when I'm working with reluctant retrievers, we have to put some fun into it. Very, very often the retriever has been formalized too quickly, too young. And the dog is just like, this is just dull, just dull. <laughs> and like you said, right at the beginning, people can say, you know, I'll write that dog off. It's never going to retrieve. The reality of it is for many, many, many people who come to you with dogs that have been written off with a bit of fun and a, a lot of hard work, you can change it around. I'm not, I'm, I don't have one reluctant retriever that isn't now retrieving. Now, that's not to say that they're field trial champions or anything like that, but the majority of the work, the reluctant retrievers I've worked with are now out doing working tests, working on shoots, or just having fun with their owners. Um, I haven't had one yet that I've not managed to get retrieving, so I'm hoping to hold on to that cap for the rest of my career. Um, <laughs> But um, it, it's just so satisfying. It's so satisfying. I mean, I want to say, in all honesty, turning a dog like that around is just one of the most rewarding things. It just is. And I'm sure it is, because to go back to where we were referencing, like people wanting to throw stuff for their pet gun dog, there is an enormous amount of enjoyment for both the dog and the owner when retrieving's going that right, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah definitely and even if it's just something that you're doing with your dog on walks and your dog's wanting to be with you because it's fun retrieving with you instead of running off to every other dog or person in the park it's a great feeling if you've got a skill set with your dog that the two of you can enjoy together well thank you Claire for another amazing podcast Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get a hold of Claire, we can find her on Facebook. We can find you on Instagram. What's your handle on Instagram, Claire? Um, well, it's Family Dog Services it, it, it is on Instagram or Claire Denya. <laughs> and we can also find Claire on www.familydogservices.co.uk. Thank you, Claire, for being epic again. And if anybody wants to see the masterclass, you will find it in the courses. It is called Reluctant Retrieving. I think as well, I put in the show notes a little bit later, and um, I think there's a, we've got a blog on this topic as well, a really yes. in-depth blog. Um, so you have the podcast, you have the blog, and there's also a course to help you if you are in the situation. So I hope you've all enjoyed this week's episode of LWDG Poddog, and we'll see you all next week.
Thank you for listening to LWDG Pod Dog with me, Joe Parrott. Now we all know training a dog takes time, energy and patience, but our lives can be really, really busy. Don't worry, the LWDG has got you covered. Join us for our free planning workshop where we'll show you how to use short 10-minute training sessions each day to fast-forward your dog's education. Our experts have years of experience in training dogs and will help you get started on the right foot. Register now and start making progress with your furry friend today. Go to our Facebook page, The Ladies Working Dog Group, and click on the pinned post or visit www.thelwdg.com.